0: Welcome to Odd Bits and End Pieces, a podcast about nothing in particular, but focused on fun, music, and current events. And by current events, we mean anything that has ever happened anywhere at any time. Let's meet the Odd Bits and End Pieces players Riley McNutt, John Paul Gamoki, Lee Johnson, Anita Ruth, Joan Griffith, sound engineer Jose Rodriguez, Michael Gruber. And Tony Veerling. Odd bits and end pieces would like to thank the city of Bloomington and Leah Hughes for allowing us the use of their facilities, and CC Haynes for her generous financial support. Two bits. Good morning, Tony. How
1: are you today? I'm good, good, but I have to admit I'm a little confused. Confused? By what, if I may ask?
2: By not getting any information about the character I'll be auditioning for today. I know it's a movie, and I know it starts shooting next week, but I don't feel good
1: about not getting prepared to give you a stellar reading. I quite understand your apprehension. The idea for the film is quite revolutionary, and we wanted to keep it a secret for as long as we could, so no one else would steal the idea. Okay, so what am I reading for? Today, Tony... You are reading for the part of the frog.
2: The frog? The frog. Okay, is there a script to read from, Uh, you know, for the audition? No,
1: we would like to see what you bring to the part. All right, Uh, I'm not sure how to proceed. We would like you to show us the frog.
2: You're throwing all of this at me pretty quickly. I I usually like to have a little time to prepare and to think about the whys and the hows of a being in a part, especially one as difficult as
1: the frog. We have it from the best authority that this sort of acting is in your wheelhouse, that you are extraordinary with thinking on your feet. You've been compared to some of the greats. Jonathan Winters, Robin Williams, and Riley McNutt. We are breathless with anticipation. So, to speak honestly, you
2: don't have a script yet, and you want the actors to write the script.
1: Yes, yes, yes. It is true. We don't have a script yet. The writing team is being assembled as we speak. After you audition, we will send a tape to the selected writers and let them take off with the idea.
2: How many writers? I'm sorry. How many writers are you asking? I'm just thinking that if this project is a secret, and you're asking a lot of writers if they are interested, how is it going to be kept a secret? Won't all of the writers who turn down the... have the opportunity to create a movie just like this on their own?
1: Well, I never thought about that. Yes, yes, I guess, Tony. Sometimes you just have to trust the universe. Okay,
2: give me a scenario. Give me a scene. Something for me to dive into being the frog. Wait, will I be wearing lots of makeup in a frog suit for this role?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. We want it to be the essence of a frog in human form, not a cartoon. Okay, that helps. Uh, Just out of curiosity, what essence
2: of the frog might you find interesting? Might I find interesting? Yes, you, personally. What might you find interesting in The Frog? Well...
1: I like the ribbit part. You know, ribbit, ribbit. And of course, metaphorically speaking, I like the hoppiness of the frog. The outright devil-may-care hoppiness of the frog.
2: Well, they are the gadflies of the animal world, with my
1: regrets to the gadflies. (laughs) Of course. They're not as sad as a toad. And not as happy as a lizard. The frog has a depth and connection to the world around them. Oh, amen. Unless their legs are cooked at a fancy restaurant, of course. Of course. Frog legs should never be eaten. Just adored from afar. Of course. I I think I'm ready to give my audition. Are you sure? Do you need a moment? Can I give you a visualization to help you get into the scene?
2: Nope. Another moment and I may lose any dignity I have left.
1: Okay. Action. Action. Ribbit No, 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 I don't want you to mimic a frog If we wanted to have you mimic the frog, we would have just cast a frog A live croaking frog Make it your own Go Ribbit Absolutely no, for God's sake, man Where is your creativity, your sense of self? Don't be a coward Dare to risk it Think of Belushi Be an actor, go Ribbit Perfect! I'll send the contract to your agent and we'll see you on the set.
3: Four Bits The musical selection for this episode of Odd Bits and End Pieces is Recipe de Samba, written in 1959 by the great Brazilian mandolinist and composer Jacob do Bandolim. The title, Recipe de Samba, loosely translates as Recipe for Samba. Receipt de Samba is performed here by Anita Ruth on piano and Joan Griffith on mandolin. Mm Six
0: Bits Game Show Welcome to the Odd Bits and End Pieces Game Show The game show where there are no rules and no one cares Except me (laughs) Today's guests are Michael Gruber, Tony Veerling, and Anita Ruth How's everybody today? Fantastic Good Wow, such energy, Anita I didn't hear that raspberry. I think you should do it louder. <laughs> ah, no. Bonita, here we go. Okay, here's our first question. What is the cleanest city in the United States? The cleanest city in the United States. Yes, Tony. Salt Lake? Salt Lake is incorrect, but Ooh. good answer. You were thinking other ways clean. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Anita? Three seconds, two seconds, one. Yes, Anita. Anchorage. Anchorage is a great answer also, but not correct. Michael, any guess you want to take? Newark? <laughs> not the cleanest, but the funniest. Uh, Honolulu is the oh, cleanest really? city in the United States. Kind of a tricky question. I So think you that. say. So I say is correct. Second question. What performer has the most Tony Awards? What performer has the most Tony Awards? Three. Yes, Audra McDonald. Yes. Oh, now, just so you know, does. there is another answer to this question. Is because, there a tie? Uh, no, I will give oh. a point to uh, the other person who castes the other person who had the same number of Tony Man awards. Man or woman? Uh, it's a woman. I'll, I'll give you that, Anita. It's a woman. And, uh, Michael, do you have a guess how many Audra won? I think she's won six. Yes, you are correct. God dang good answer. So, Anita, Tony? Cheetah Rivera? No, Cheetah's incorrect. Anita?
4: Julie Andrews.
0: Julie Andrews is not correct. It's Julie Harris.
4: Oh, right. Yes,
0: who also had six. And if you wanted to get technical, which I'm sure Scientific Lee would, she also got a special Tony. So that would have been oh, an even oh, better mm-hmm. answer. But anyway, Michael Gruber is ahead with one point to zero for Anita and Tony. Okay, our third question What is the deadliest animal non insect in Minnesota? The deadliest animal non insect in Minnesota. Yes, Anita. The bear. The bear is number two. That's a great guess. Michael and Tony. I know. You would think it was the bear in Minnesota. And this answer is going to make everyone angry. A bobcat? A bobcat is not correct, Tony. You know, you do have a buzzer in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, do you, have, do you have a guess? Yes. The walleye. The <laughs> Okay, that's two funnies in a row, yes, Anita. The moose. The moose is close. It's the American bison. Wow. Yeah. Really? Who knew in Minnesota? In Minnesota. Wow. Who knew? Now I'm sure scientifically we'll disagree with that answer. Now, Michael's still ahead, one to zero zero. What were the last names of the three stooges? Oh, <laughs> What were the last Unfair. names? Unfair. Unfair is not a correct answer, but you didn't buzz, so I won't take that. The Three Stooges. Three, yes. Ruth, Gruber, and Verily. <laughs> that, that's three funnies in the row. He thinks he's, he's so win. funny. Yes. Gamoki, That's okay. even better. Thank you. Tony, yes. Smith. Okay, Smith is incorrect. It's Larry Fine Oh. and Moe and Curly Howard. Golly! Yeah, look at trivia. Yeah, good trivia. Okay, yeah. we have two questions left. Michael okay. Gruber's killing it. <laughs> one to zero to zero,
2: and he's got a couple of zingers.
0: Yes, he does. Zing I away. love zingers. Okay, he's got zingers for lunch. Every this day. one will probably get a lot of ire from you, Anita Ruth. But what is the largest revenue-wise fast food chain in the world? The largest revenue-wise fast food chain in the world. Three. Yes, Tony. McDonald's. McDonald's is correct. Oh, yeah. well, revenue wise, trick- it's true. Well, but why did it is you. A trick <laughs>
4: <laughs> I would have said that if you hadn't said that to me. <laughs> exactly. I mean,
0: that's. But un- uh, the reason I had to say revenue wise is Subway is number two revenue wise in the world, but it has more locations. But oh.
4: why would that, why would saying McDonald's ire me? <laughs>
0: I just had that feeling, Anita, because Tony has one, Michael has one, and you have one question left to get one. So here's our last question. Here's here's our last question. How many world championships do the Minnesota Lynx have? I so wrote this for you, Anita. If you don't get this, I'm going to be so disappointed. Yes, Anita? Two. No, not two. Tony or Michael? Take a guess. One? No, not one. Yes. Four? Four is correct. Michael Gruber wins this game of trivia. Thank you, Michael, (laughs) for the humor, the funniness, the yes, Michael. What are the Minnesota Lynx? I don't oh. even know. <laughs> oh. They are the women's, uh, professional women's basketball team. Oh, I should be. The know only that. champions that have four oh titles. My gosh. Anyway, thank you guys That's a for the lucky, <laughs> lucky guess. Lucky guess. Bye bye. Eight
2: Bits. I can't believe you agreed to come to my place on our first date to play Monopoly with me.
1: Technically, it's not our first date. This is a pre-date to see if we're compatible enough to have a first date. You are so cute. Well, you might not think so after you see me play Monopoly. Why would you say that? I'm a bit of a cutthroat at this game. I've had people swear that they would never play me in this game again. And to be honest, I've had old boyfriends leave my house in tears because I was so mean and ruthless. They never spoke to me again. Well, this should be interesting then.
2: I fancy myself as a pretty good player. I won my college Monopoly championship tournament my sophomore year.
1: What happened to your junior and senior years?
2: I was too busy designing sets, acting, and
1: dancing to partake in such frivolity. Frivolity? I can't wait to see you build houses on your property just to take them down again. Putting them up, taking them down, putting them up and taking them down.
2: (laughs) Haha, very funny. Trying to get in my head already. That's so sweet. Keep it up, because that's all you're going to leave with after I own the board. (laughs) Would you like anything to drink while we play?
1: I think I'll have a nice glass of Chardonnay. You know, to mellow me out so I'm kind to you. Uh, And what about you? I have a couple of energy drinks on ice as we speak. You know, to keep my focus. I hope you're this cute at the end of the night when you're done eating humble pie. Okay, big man, let me guess. You probably want to be the car, too. You know, make up for any shortcomings. Funny again. And you probably want to be the... Heck, careful bucko.
2: ha uh-huh. like I was saying, you probably want to be the shoe. The shoe? Yeah,
1: because you're such a big heel. <laughs> oh, you're pretty clever for a theater major. There aren't many original thinkers left in the theater.
2: Speaking of original thoughts, there are some house rules that I should share with you before we begin. Oh, pray do tell. If you land on go, you collect $400, not $200. All the money that the cards and the boards collect goes into a pot in the middle of the board, and if you land on free parking, you get it all. Ooh. We will start buying property right from the get-go so as not to waste any time, and any time you land on income tax, you just pay $200 into the middle, which also keeps the game moving. If you throw doubles three times in a row, you go directly to jail.
1: Can you collect a rent when you're in jail? I don't see why not. Don't criminals do it in real life? Uh. I love rules. They take the emotion out of things. I like playing hard and nasty. Fast and furious. That's my motto. Let's shake to see who goes first. Nope. Guest first. House rules. Oh, sorry. Losers first. Winners rules.
2: I see a lot of game nights in our future. My house next time? What will the game be? Twister. Ah, you had me at my house next time.
3: Uh, welcome, everyone. I'm Joan Griffith. I'm your Odd Bits and End Pieces interviewer. And I have two guests with me. I have Tony Verling. Hello. And Michael Gruber. Hello, Joan. Hi, you guys. We're great. Great.
2: So happy to be here.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, um, you've got a special song for us. Yes, Can you tell we us do. the title, anyway?
2: It's the Billy and Bobby Medley.
3: Can't wait.
5: I'm Michael Gruber. And I'm Tony Veerley And we're playing Harold Hill. And Marcellus Washburn. In Shanhazen Dinner Theater's production of The Music Man. Hey, Tony, those are great character names, aren't they? They sure are. You know what else is a great name? What? Billy.
2: Well, how about Bobby? Oh, that gives me an idea. What? Why don't we do a medley of all the characters we've played that have been called Billy and Bobby? Oh, that's a lot. All the roles that both of us have played. Okay.
5: The roles that each of us played, the other one hasn't. Well, then why don't we do the roles that we'd like to, but haven't? Yeah. Sure, let's give it a shot. Okay. so, we both played Bobby Child in Crazy for You. Great father, huh? Drop that long face. Come on, have your fling. Why keep nursing the blues? If you want this whole world on a string, put on your dancing shoes. Stop wasting time. Put on your dancing shoes. Watch your spirits fly. Shall we dance and walk on air? Shall we give in to despair? Or shall we dance with never a care? Life is short, we're growing older, don't you be? And also rare. Young and healthy, and you've got charms It would really be a sin not to have you in my arms I'm young and healthy, and so are you When the moon is in the sky, tell me what am I to do? And also, Billy Crocker in Anything Goes The night is young,
2: the sky is clear And if you'd like to go walking,
5: dear it's delightful, it's delicious, it's de- lovely. I understand the reason why you're sentimental, because so am I. It's delightful, it's delicious, it's de- lovely. You can tell at a glance what a swell night this, this is for romance. romance. You can hear dear it, Mother Nature murmuring oh. low. Let yourself go. Now, you also played Bobby Randall in Good News. I did. <laughs> Swap a fly, he may love another fly, he may sit with her
2: inside the way I do with you. Never harm a flea, he may have a favorite cheese that he bounces on his knee the way I do with you. Never harm a moth.
5: He's gliding through the air He may have a date in someone's flannel underwear Believe me, don't step on an ant In the middle of a pant He may want to, but he can't The way
1: I do with you I play Bill Calhoun in Kiss
5: Me Kate. Bianca Bianca played Billy Buck Chandler in My One and Only. Oh yeah, that was
6: lots of fun. Soon,
5: my dear, you'll never be lonely. Soon, you'll find I live for you only. I'll find the happiness I've waited for. The only girl that I was faded for. And then there's the classic Bob Waltz in it. Oh, it's your absolute favorite.
6: If you're worried and you can't
5: sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep, and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. Now, if you had your choice, what one have you not played that you'd like to?
2: Easy Bill Snipson, me and my girl. I'm leaning on a lamppost at the corner of
5: the street in case there's certain. There. Lady comes by. Oh me, oh my! I am the little lady comes
2: by. I don't know if she'll get away. She doesn't always get away. And anyway, I know that she'll try. Ah, leaning on a lamp at the corner of the street in case a certain little lady comes by.
5: (laughs) Okay, what's on your wish list? Oh, I guess Billy Flynn from Chicago. That's me. Don't care for having packet cars Or smoking long black cigars No, no, not me All I care about is doing the guy in Who's picking on you Twisting the wrist that's turning the screw All I care about That. yeah we're well,
2: running out of time let's do a little speed round okay i'm gonna name a character and a show you're gonna sing something from it. okay okay let's start with billy bigelow carousel my uh, boy bill i will see that he's named after me bobby van heusen the boyfriend won't you charleston with me billy early no no nanette uh when the sea begins a call in me bobby strong you're in
5: town run freedom run freedom run away billy elliott billy elliott Electricity. Bobby, a chorus line. Uh, if George Hamilton could be a movie star. Bill Starbuck, 110 in the shade. Melissa. Bobby, in company. Phone rings, door chimes, in comes company. Billy
2: Nolan, Carrie. That. Uh, Bobby Pepper, curtains. Uh, uh, here we are, my shipmates and me. Okay, and Billy Bolden,
3: leave it to Jane. Uh, Look, we are really out of time. Oh, how are you guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a bit of silliness, wasn't it?
3: That's extremely silly. So, so Billy and Bobby rolls, and how many Billy and Bobbies do you think are, you have here in this song? I think 14 or 15. Maybe. Yeah, 13,
1: 14, somewhere. We never in really there. counted. We just just went with it, Joan. Oh,
3: my gosh. <laughs> and you guys have played almost all of them, you say?
1: Yes.
2: Very, a large portion. A large
1: portion, yeah. Is I have there...
2: not played Billy Bigelow yet, but
1: that's on my list. <laughs> okay, well, we'll keep that in mind.
3: <laughs> well, that's just – so how did you come up with this idea?
1: Well, we were just talking about something to do, and we started realizing how m- many – similar names are in uh, the musical theater canon, especially the song and dance band roles. There's a lot of Billy and Bobby's. And then there, I don't know why, I guess, because the name is sort of, you know, jazzy and snazzy and people just, they seem to go with those characters. But then we just thought, oh my gosh, we played a lot of these roles. Yeah. And a lot of them we've both done at different times. Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah. And we, uh, we thought, wouldn't it be funny if we did a review, just the two of us, about all the roles we've ever played, Billy or Bobby and or Bobby. And so... Yeah. The number
3: was born. That's amazing. Well, I, I look at you two guys and think, you know, that's a, you have a, a lifetime in theater, you know, and, and is that what you started out aiming for when you were, you were just hoping for the best? Mr. Or what Gruber,
2: do you, do you want to start?
1: Well, I, I, was, uh, I was a springboard and platform diver when I was a kid. I was oh, an really? NCAA American at University of Michigan. And uh, I went, I didn't qualify mm-hmm. for the 84 Olympics, so mm-hmm. I stopped and then I transferred to the vocal performance uh, as a vocal performance major at University of Michigan and then transferred to the College Conservatory of Music in Cincinnati to finish my junior and senior year because I lost my athletic scholarship. So I'm from Cincinnati, so I was able to move back. But that was really my focus until I was about 18, 19. Although I did was in choir and I did all that stuff in school and I was in the drama club and international thespian society <laughs> and all those kind of things. But uh, very quickly, I knew that this was what I wanted to do with my life.
3: So yeah. it was a bigger kick than diving. It is a yeah,
1: much bigger kick. And I'd probably have been retired for 40 years <laughs> if I was still diving. So Tom Daly, you can have it. Wow.
3: <laughs> and did you do the, the high, the 10 meter? Yeah.
1: 10 meter platform. Yeah. Oh I was second in the world on platform and three meter at the World Age Group Diving Championships in 1979, in my age group,
3: Is, are there videos on YouTube we can scope out? No,
1: because there was no YouTube back then. So <laughs> <laughs> but there were videos. <laughs> yeah, there were videos. I have some. I have some like family film, you know, that has been put on video. Oh, fun! For my own edification, <laughs> as my as my brain as my memory goes and fades, I can go. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, so, and when you pass by a pool, are you tempted? <laughs>
1: uh, no. No? <laughs> Not at all.
3: Oh, geez. Okay, Tony. Well, I've known you a long time. Yes,
1: a very long time.
3: And so what was 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 theater your your end goal of yes. the
2: time? I started when I was eight years old. Oh, my gosh. I was homesick from school, and I was starting to feel better by the afternoon. And my mother um, was getting frustrated with me because I was running around the house. And uh, she said, oh, they have... Places for people like you, and I thought she was being kind of mean. You know, like she's going to put me in an asylum or something. And and I said, oh, really? Where? And she said, the theater. And I said, wait, wait, what's that? And she said, oh, it's a place where you know you can go to perform, and and people like you, very dramatic people like you. And I said, well, I I have to go there. How can we do this? Well, there was a children's theater. She took me to my first audition. I got the part. And when I went to my first rehearsal, I walked into this dark theater, and I smelled all the smells. And back then, we really did wear grease paint, and it smelled like grease paint. And I just thought, I'm going to live in this the rest of my life,
3: oh
6: my and I gosh. have
2: not done anything else.
3: <laughs> I know. That's fantastic. And was was this in a big city or a little city? It
2: was in Des Moines, Iowa.
3: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I started in the same theater that Cloris Leachman started in. Well. Yeah. She was a Des Moines gal and she had started the same theater.
3: (laughs) And so you did roles in high school too then, I think.
2: Yeah, I was allowed to do, uh, as long as my grades were good, my parents would let me do one school show and one professional show a year. So, I I did two shows a year, one in school and one out of school. And I also did television commercials and I did radio and I did voiceovers. I was the spokesperson for Denny L. Wells Snow Tires for two years when I was 12 to 14. And I was like the Menards guy. I was, tell them Tony sent (laughs) you.
3: And do you remember the words to the commercial?
2: I remember my very first script. Absolutely. had to memorize it. I've lived in Iowa all my life and every winter it snows. So why wait to buy snow tires? Denny Owell will give you this free popcorn popper if you'll buy your snow tires from him in October. So you get great universe snow tires for less and a popcorn popper free just for facing the inevitable. Tell him Tony sent you.
5: <laughs> I can't believe you
1: remember. I all do that. because I hit gestures too. You I can had, see it.
2: I was on camera gestures. reading a teleprompter, but at that age I didn't understand what a teleprompter was, so I just memorized it. Oh, that's and I had a big bow tie and they put me in big glasses and they created this character, but I used my own name. And so I did 14 commercials over two years, depending on what the season was and what the sale was, what, you know. So I was the Danny O.L. snow Tire kid.
3: <laughs> well, I know both of you guys act and sing and dance. Um, is there an order that that came to you as far as what you started with?
1: Uh, I think music was always my first sort of joy. And I started up through the choir system, so that's kind of what got me hooked. Um, I think, though, because of the diving, and I had a lot of gymnastic training along with that, that I had developed some sort of hand-eye coordination and physical ability, and that translated to dance somewhat on the fly. But I had—I didn't really start studying until college, so I had to learn very quickly. But you know, for men, we can start a little bit later. It's usually a little bit more competitive for women. So yeah, I was lucky. And, you know, back in 1865, when I was training, there wasn't <laughs> the demands weren't as high as they are now. And so I could get away with a little box step and a little shuffle off the Buffalo and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, but I would definitely say I was a singer and then a dancer and then an actor. But although now I think as a As an adult and into my 50s, I would say my strengths are probably being an actor, being a dancer, and I'm working very hard to make my to get my singing up to what it should be. So I've been working really hard for the last year and a half studying, and I'm also a voice teacher, so I wanted to know the pedagogy and really understand it. So I'm trying to get my singing up to what I think my other skills
3: are. So it's sort of flip flopped a little bit. Interesting. And Tony,
2: what do you? I started out as an actor. Um, acting kid. And then when I was 17, I took my first dance class and got on a scholarship. And then I, I had to catch up with my dancing. But then oddly enough, my career basically was more dancing.
3: Yeah. Because I, I when I think of you, I think of you as a dancer. Yes. Just uh, first, but that doesn't mean that it came out that way. Yeah. Interesting. And do you feel like, well, you do choreography too, right?
2: I have done a fair amount of choreography. I don't enjoy it as much as um performing
6: mm-hmm.
2: um, I'm really a worker bee i I really like to be told what to do, and I just like to dig in and do it. I'm not so much the creative, the creator,
3: yeah, okay and Michael, what do you think about that? Would you rather just be doing or or directing oh, or I
1: love it all i really I love it all. I think each each thing is a challenge, and uh, I like to have the variety, and i you know I was lucky to. Get an opportunity to to direct and choreograph at um, BCT, which is now Artistry, mm-hmm. uh, in that transition. And that, I was very grateful for that. And this is, of course, how I met Anita. And we really got to work together. So that was great. But I, I kind of – and I'm also you know, composer, so I also enjoy writing. So I, I, I got my hands in a lot of things, and I enjoy that. It keeps me um, – creatively sort of involved so
3: fantastic yeah. well i have to ask you both this question because you brought it up um that you're in your 50s someplace um <laughs> is uh, and i just think it's amazing our listeners can't see you but you would say really they're they're, they're lying to you. you guys look so young and in shape and is that something that you have to work on if you feel like you've hit that spot where you have to you know, work on your dancing. And you said work on your singing, you know, because the, it's the physicality that's hard to keep up.
2: Yes. I, I think one of the challenges definitely is the the perception is that you might look young, but then creating young energy on a consistent basis every night is pretty difficult. So... um yeah, going to the gym, eating well, getting sleep. Um, I had a hip replacement recently oh, and went through a lot of rehab, and now I'm back in the show and dancing. And um, So, yes, the, the, the it takes a bit of a village now <laughs> <laughs> to keep the product
1: going. And I think time is precious. I mean, I think we both realize that we have a limited amount of time left to, to be v- – as physical as perhaps we were, and you know, you kind of stave it off for a while, and you think, well, I can still do it, and then, well, I can't tumble anymore. That ended in my 40s, and then you're like, well, I can't really jump that much anymore, but I can still have style, and I can still tap, and but then that, when's that going to go? I mean, I just had meniscus surgery this past year, to, to, you know, so see, we're falling just, apart. <laughs> huh? You just try as much as you can to be in the moment and enjoy it because it's we're we're living on borrowed time, and I think. We're lucky that at 57 almost for me and 58 for Tony, that we are still being able to be as physically active. And it's a real, real blessing. But we don't do much. I mean, we live very sort of conservative lives too. We do sleep. We don't, you know, we take care of ourselves. I think that's, that's, why, that's why we can do what we can
3: do. Oh, and it shows. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. This thank been you. It's fantastic John. to visit with you. Thank you, Joan.
0: These are men with science on the brain, facts on things like how to make it rain. Everyone loves to learn with glee. He's constantly, fastidiously, authentically, enormously, helpfully, soulfully. He's our man of fact, scientifically.
4: Welcome back to another volume of Scientifically Speaking, where we do quick little dives into a variety of topics surrounding nature, space, and science. You won't find too many jokes here, as the following humor is derived from just how fun time and space around us can be. We've discussed a lot of space stuff in this recurring segment, and today, well, we're going to keep doing that. Space is fun! Space is also huge, and sometimes it helps to put things into context. Today we're going to explore the structure of our solar system, from our parent star to the theoretical structure enveloping everything we've ever known and loved. It all starts with the Sun. Located at the center of this whole operation, the Sun is big and has a ton of gravity, thus everything else around it is attracted to it and orbits it. When viewed from its northern pole, the Sun rotates counterclockwise, causing everything in the system to orbit in that direction. It is a main-sequence star, which means a lot of things, but feel free to mention this at a party and sound super smart for doing so. Moving out from the Sun, we have our four rocky terrestrial planets, Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars. The next structure out is the main asteroid belt, a region of space that is populated by millions of asteroids made of carbons, silicates, and metals ranging in size from over 150 miles across down to the size of a dust particle. Artist depictions often show a solid wall of rocks that would be perilous to navigate, where in reality, the space between these objects is so vast, it really isn't any cause for concern. Dwarf planet Ceres floats around here. Past the main belt are Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. The next gigantic structure lying just beyond Neptune is known as the Kuiper Belt. Similar to the main belt in that it houses billions or maybe even trillions of asteroids and comets, this region of space is notably fatter than the main belt, with scientists feeling that it takes the shape of a thick donut. Dwarf planets Pluto, Haumea, and Makemake reside here. A bit further out yet takes us to the Scattered Disc, a region of space where objects have some pretty eccentric orbits. Named for the scattering of these objects from the gravitational influences of the Jovian worlds, this structure extends from the Kuiper Belt for unfathomable distances. The dwarf planet Eris is a scattered disc object and beyond the scattered disk is the end of our solar system proper. The heliosphere, or the bubble containing the sun's solar winds, comes to a point where the solar winds slow down and are acted upon by the interstellar medium. You'd think it would be simple to describe, but it isn't, so we'll leave it at that and move on. The only spacecraft that have traveled this far are the unmanned probes Voyager 1 and Voyager 2, both launched in 1977. And finally, the theoretical, the Oort Cloud. So far from Earth, this structure is envisioned to be a sphere of objects loosely gravitationally bound to the Sun. It is theorized that long-period comets hail from this phantom construct. No object has ever been proven to exist in the Oort Cloud as it is so far away, and any object would be so small and dark it may be impossible to empirically observe. Lying in interstellar space, it will be another 300 years until either of the Voyager probes encounter this fascinating structure. That's all for this week. Scientifically Speaking. If you want to learn more or disagreed with anything posed here, I invite you to look it up. He's a man of fact, scientifically.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast, Odd Bits and End Pieces.
3: You are my son. My